welcome to Hoof Falls and Footfalls. My name is Sabra Popoli, and I am going to be going live today to do a live instructor chat on the different arena positions that can be utilized by instructors when they are out teaching a lesson. If you're on live, if you want to um, say where you are from and where do you usually stand when you are teaching your lesson? So are you someone who stands in the middle? Do you stand in the corner? Where is your preferred position when teaching and why? So I'd love to hear that in the comments, whether if you're watching live or if you're watching on a replay, um, and we'll go ahead and we'll get the, the discussion going there. So I have a whiteboard here that I'm gonna use to kind of illustrate some of the things that I will be talking about. Um, so we'll draw some stuff on the board and then we will discuss the content. So different teaching positions in the arena. Um, I think teaching positions and meaning that where you are standing in the arena is sometimes an overlooked skill or an overlooked component of making the instructor more effective. So there is a kind of a myth that's floating around that you have to stand in the middle of the arena. Um, and I'll discuss that myth and kind of how I think that came about and um, why that myth is sometimes a little hard to get past, especially with new, newer instructors, and what we can do from there. So um, standing in the middle of the arena is sometimes what we'll have newer instructors do when they are first teaching because what that does is if they stay in the middle, it will hopefully encourage them to keep correct spacing of their students. They'll be able to pivot around in the middle of the arena. So, you know, standing in the middle, pivoting around and be able to see a lot of area in that arena that they're working in. Um, and especially if you have a newer instructor that likes to drift and kind of go off and go stand by one of their students and kind of get on and do a private lesson almost where they're teaching student one, student two, student three. Sometimes having them stay in the middle um, is a good starting point for some instructors. Um, there's also the myth that because for those of you that teach or go for, for a certification that you need to teach to a group, you know, whether that be CHA or PATH International, um, that encouragement of teaching to a group and knowing how to do that skill morphed into well in order to teach to a group you have to then therefore stand in the middle which is actually not true you can actually i think almost be a more effective instructor sometimes standing different places when you're teaching a group which is what we'll be talking about today so there is the myth that you have to stand in the middle when you teach that is a myth that is not true and i'm going to challenge you guys whether you are an instructor in training a newer instructor just starting to practice or even a seasoned instructor to maybe try out some of these different spots depending on how your lesson is formatted, how many students you have, how big your arena is, and all those different factors and kind of what you're needing, okay? All right, so for those of you jumping on live or watching a replay, make sure you uh, say where you're from. That really helps kick this video out to others so that they can watch. And I would also like to know, what is your preferred go-to teaching position um, for standing in the arena. Are you a center person, corner, midline? Where do you guys stand? I'd like to kind of see that from those that are watching live right now. All right, so let's take our whiteboard here and I'm gonna draw an arena and we'll stick with kind of our, our standard 
rectangle version of our arena. So there are different positions that we can stand in to give us a good field of view, because as an instructor, the saying is that the buck stops with us. So that means that whatever is going on inside the arena is our responsibility. So in order to be responsible for teaching and keep our eyes on things, we need to be set up in a way and have our students formatted in a way where you can keep eyes on them as best as possible hopefully at all times because you know it's that one time that you turn your back and you look somewhere else that of course something happens with that student and their horse then you don't know what happened with them or you're trying to figure out what happened when your back was turned so if we can minimize the time that our eyes are off of our students usually the safer and more effective we are as instructors so common position is standing here in the middle like i said you know this is kind of a lot of people's go-to teaching positions um what the instructor does then is as they're teaching their field of vision is probably going to be about here right so if we're in the corner these students kind of need to stay in this field of vision in order for the instructor to see where those students are going if you have one student that works pretty well if you have two students that can work pretty well as well. Three students might get a little bit more challenging and you might have to be shifting your, your vision a little bit more and using maybe a little bit more peripheral to see these students on the end. Um, but when you're in the center, you have a limited field of vision. So we're looking here, this is where we can see. However, we do have a blind spot behind us of what's go what is gonna be happening behind our backs if we can't just keep pivoting our head all the time because if we have to turn our head and look back here well then that means that our field of vision shifts and then we have a new area that is blind to us so standing in the center even though that is you know a pretty trad traditional thing that a lot of us do our field of vision is limited and the more students you have usually the more difficult it is to not have someone then riding behind your back and sometimes the more challenging spacing becomes. And depending on your students and their ability level and whatever pattern you're utilizing that day to reinforce your riding skill, because again, we're not just teaching patterns, we're teaching riding skills to help us be successful at the patterns, it may not be suitable to have your students always nose to tail with, you know, two to four horse lengths in between their horses. That might not work. You might need to space out the horses where you have one here and one here. That might be appropriate for the horses in the lessons. Maybe somebody you know, gives a stink eye at this horse and so we need to keep extra spacing. Well, what do we do then? How do we handle that type of situation when we need to keep our students spaced out more or we have several in a class? Is the center always the best? And my answer to that is no, the center is not always the best. So some other positions that we can use when we're teaching is the center line, okay? So this is the center line of our arena. If you take it and you do a hot dog fold of your arena, like an aerial view, and you cut it the long way here, this is our center line. This is our midline in the middle, I thought. Huh, I did that pretty, pretty well in the middle. So you can either stand here on the center line or you can stand here even on the midline, okay? Um, what's nice about this is when you are in the center, 
unless you have your students, you know, coming down the rail and then coming down the center line at you, or maybe coming around and going across the diagonal at you, it's difficult to consistently check the front and the back alignment of your students. You can see the side view of them really well, but you've got to be really conscious about having them come down the center line, having them come across the midline, having them come across the diagonal so you can check front and back alignment when you're standing just in the middle. The other position, if we, as the instructor, shift ourselves down to one end of our center line here, then what that does is as our students are riding around the arena and they turn down the rail, we can take a peek at them as they come to us and then as they go away from us. So we're checking the alignment of that student as they come to and go away from you. Another nice thing about being here at this center line down at one end is if you have an arena where your horses tend to go faster or slower towards one end of the arena, sometimes our position can help either slow the horse down or speed it up. If they, if they tend to speed up when they're coming towards you and they're super pokey coming this way, well, I might stand then down here because maybe that will help that horse continue some momentum and then if they're fast going this way, maybe it'll help slow them down a little bit or maybe even at that speed. Same thing if you have a horse that's going fast this way and we're having issues breaking into a trot maybe when we don't want to yet. If I'm standing down here, I can maybe step over and address that and apply a little bit of physical, you know, nonverbal communication to help slow things down. So our position in the arena it's not just our field of vision and what we can see, but sometimes also our nonverbal and our body language presence can also impact the horse and impact the students. Um, so standing at the center line down at the end, I like that because one, we can check position of our, our students coming to us, going away. And then of course, you know, as they're riding around the other part of our arena, we can check that side alignment position, ear, shoulder, hip, heel. Also, What's nice about this is now my field of vision pretty much covers this entire arena and I might just have to shift my head a little bit to kind of see the corners. But I could have a student here, 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 and they are all within my field of vision except for, you know, when that horse walks right in front of you, you might not be able to see. But that might be a very good position for larger classes. Maybe you have students that are doing more walk, trot, independent work. Um, maybe you have more trotting going on and there are faster moving pieces where you need to keep an eye on the riders that are doing some walk work over here, but maybe trotting along this rail. Um, so standing here at the center line can be a really good way to manage all areas of your arena, be able to see the alignment of your student in a different way and in multiple ways as they're going around because we should be checking alignment constantly from the side and from the front and the back. Um, and, and this can be a really good um, position for instructors. This also works with the midline. Um, midline I find is a little bit more challenging because again usually if your arena is wider, your field of vision again you have to kind of shift your head from side to side uh, if you have horses on either end of, of your arena there on the, the short rails. Uh, the challenge with standing on the center line 
or midline, depending on the size of your arena, can be voice projection. So for those of you guys who struggle with voice projection and talking over the environmental factors, um, you know, if there's maybe a road close by or it's windy or whatever it might be, sometimes projecting your voice all the way down to the other end can be difficult for instructors. So how you can remedy that is either maybe you get a little um, PA system in the arena, you can have your riders have uh, earpieces in, um, there's some little, you know, coaching headsets that are, are good tools, but um, that can be a challenge depending on the size of your arena. A tip, if it's windy out, let's say the wind is blowing this way towards us, the wind is going to be pushing your voice and the sound waves away from you. So if the wind is blowing, you want to be talking into or with that wind. So I might come down here, if it's windy this way and the wind's going this way, I might come down here so that then my voice projects away from me and the wind helps carry my voice down here to this end of the arena, okay? Um, so, you know, different things to think about. Some things that you may not have thought about as you were teaching out the arena and the different environmental pieces that impact your voice volume and your projection. Um, so we talked about center of the arena. We talked about uh, center line. So standing on the center line, a little bit of talking about on the midline. Another piece that I like a lot, or another location, not piece, is um, to stand in the corner. I personally like standing in the corner a little bit better than standing on the center line because usually I've got this little pocket in the corner that I can kind of tuck into where the horses are tracking down the rail, they, they naturally turn in front of me, and then they continue down the rail going away from me, right? Because if I'm here in the center line, they might have to come off the fence a little bit and it might be a little challenging for that student to not run into you if you're on the center line. Um, but standing here in this corner, again, my field of vision is covering almost this entire arena. I can see a single rider either coming down the rail to me and I can check their alignment. I can check it going away. I can have them do a change of diagonal and give me even more time to check, you know, stirrup evenness or seat evenness, whatever it might be. Um, and then as they're over here on this rail, on the far side, I can check their alignment from the side. So this is my personal favorite, is standing in a corner. I will shift whatever corner I'm in depending on what we are working on. So a lot of times when I'm doing trot work or two-point work, I will position myself in that corner that the rider is coming towards. So if we're do just doing a little trot, I will have my rider trot down this rail to me. If we are more independent, so that's meaning that we are not having horse leaders or sidewalkers or maybe the horse leader is kind of offline, standing here, one, I can help direct the line aside of my student because I can tell them, hey, eyes on me, look where you're going. I can be that visual marker. But also, if that horse starts to get a little bit too fast, again, my presence, my body language can help de-escalate that situation and I can maybe come aid that horse lead a little bit and again not step in and take over but sometimes the horse leaders are not a, 
as aware of their body language sometimes as the instructors are. So this might be a really good way to have that rider start doing an intro trot towards you and you can help manage the speed a bit and close things in if we need to slow some stuff down. We can also be checking alignment. Um, if I pop out of the corner here and kind of stand off right here, I can see not only the side of my rider, but I can also see a little bit of the front of that rider there too. So I can check position not only from the side, make sure that your shoulder hip heel alignment's good, but also, well, are they leaning from side to side as we trot? Because that's also an important piece to look at as we go faster on the horse. It's not just the side, but the front and the back. Um, then I can give them a little praise here, um, a little debrief as they walk by me, and then send them away. And then if I have another student who's ready to do a trot, they can trot right here. Okay, so again, they're trotting here as maybe that rider who just got done trotting, they're walking around the arena and they have the instructions to chill out for this long edge, do a two point, sit, prepare, and then we'll trot here again together, okay? So this can also help with still teaching to a group, doing the same activity, but I can give individualized little breakout activities if needed. So if I'm focused here on this trotting of this one student and we're not ready to have multiple kiddos trotting at one time, I can have one trotting here, but there's still filler time, constructive filler time for these other students that are waiting their turn and I can keep eyes on them. I'm not standing here in the middle and only watching this trot piece and then the other students as they're walking and two pointing and waiting for their turn again, they're going behind my back. So that's why I really, really like this corner position or even, you know, kind of floating down the corner position to the center line as needed, okay? Um, challenges, again, with standing in the corner would be voice projection. So again, having to project the voice all the way over to the opposite corner of your arena. Uh, even a little bit more difficult than if you're standing on the the center line because again diagonal line this diagonal line is going to be longer than the straight line from your arena just geometry right so um corner of the arena center line and then again center of the arena those are kind of like the three main areas that we can teach as an instructor and different positions. Now, just because you pick a position, say the corner position, that does not mean that you have to stay in that position. Same thing with the center. Maybe standing in the center is totally acceptable for the first five minutes of your lesson, but then as we move on to trot work, I'm gonna shift down here and be in the corner, okay? Um, moving around is totally okay. Just be careful that you don't get trapped into following a student if you have more than one student in your lesson. Be aware of what's going on with those students. Um, so if, if there's student one right here with their horse having difficulty and we have to go hands-on and have a little chat with them, what is student two doing? Am I set up in a position where I can address this student, I can go hands-on if needed, and this student can either, one, keep working on their own, give them something constructive to do, or two, come over here and stand by student two and we learn together. Um, or I'm sorry, have student two stand by student one and learn together. So think about if, you know, if something happens and you need to help one of those students, is your position setting you up for success? Another benefit of this corner position is that if I'm here and I need to uh, do a tack check or I need to adjust the stirrup, 
I can have that person pull their horse up right in front of me, whatever side I need to be addressing and adjusting. And then this other student here can come and they can pass on the inside. But I still can peek over this horse that I'm working on and keep my eyes on any remaining students in the arena, okay? If I'm in the middle and I bring a horse in and they're standing next to me and I'm, I'm adjusting tack or equipment, well, that might be good for this section of the arena and I can see everybody. But what happens when those other students keep moving and then they go behind my back? Well, I'm gonna be trying to peek over my shoulder and trying to look behind me as I'm adjusting tack and equipment, okay? So, instructor position really matters. Also pay attention, and I kind of touched on this a little bit as well, about your nonverbals and our horses moving faster, slower away from you, or maybe faster, slower towards a certain end of the arena. Um, be aware of your position and how it's impacting your horses, okay? A lot of times, um, if I stand in the middle and it is a newer independent student, so they're going from having like a horse leader or someone by them helping to kind of either lead or, you know, help non-verbally guide that horse around and help them with the rail. Um, I have found that if, if I'm here in the center, usually the student has a harder time when they go off on their own kind of for their own time of keeping that horse on the rail because that horse wants to drift in towards me because they're like, well, um, you know, this is a newer kiddo. I'm not sure if they're ready. You know, the kid's still trying to figure out what they're what they're supposed to be doing to, to take full control of that horse. The horse is wanting to rely on some other human because they're like, hey, this kid's been online for the last six weeks. So are you sure they're ready? You know, sometimes how our horses default to the leaders or to the, the instructors in the arena, they might default by coming in towards us. I have found that it kind of sets my students up for success, at least with my horses, that if I put myself in a corner here, then as that student then, we might start here, or I might have them start in the middle. If I'm already in a corner, standing still, and they go head out on their own, they're usually more successful at keeping that horse out on the rail and not having them drift in. And the only thing that might be a little difficult is getting them moving for the first time going away from me out of this corner. But once we get moving on that straight rail going away from us, we're usually golden. So sometimes not being in the center is a good way to kind of help those horses that tend to drift in. Also make sure you're checking position and alignment. Um, you know, that could be a sign if the horse is drifting in that your student is leaning to the inside. Um, so, so be careful of that. Eye position also of our students comes into play here. Um, when we stand in the center of the arena, no matter how many times I tell my students, you know, hey guys, this is the one time you're allowed to like not look at your teacher. Please look, you know, between your horse's ears or look down at the tree that's in this corner, whatever it might be. Our natural instinct that has been drilled into us since we were little is to look at the person that's talking to you, right? That's just a social thing that we have. So if I'm in the center of the arena, no matter where that student is at, if they are turning their head and looking at the instructor, they're going to be turning their body towards the center of the arena, which then what does that do? Well, if your horses go off of the position of the rider's body, and off of seat and pressure cues, which most of our horses do, 
um, and they should if they're well trained, then that's automatically by them turning their head in can be accidentally asking those horses to turn in. Some of our riders do not have the greatest body awareness and so when they turn their head in to look at us, then they might accidentally move hands or legs along with that head shift, okay? I found that if I stand down here at the end in the corner, that I can time my cues so that this rail moving away from me and this rail over here where they're going to have to turn their head back and kind of look back at me, if I'm kind of quiet on these two rails and I really only give cues here along this rail and this rail, they have to shift and turn their head less to look at me. Or if they are looking at me, say like from here to here, they're looking at me is actually kind of where I'm wanting them to look anyways as they're riding their horse. This is also good for the instructors who tend to talk a lot because if we know that and if we keep that in our mind of, okay, if I talk here, they might turn around and look at me, or if I talk here, they're gonna be looking back over their shoulder. This is a good mental check for us to kind of work in those silent sets. And you can tell your student, you know, as you're walking away from me or on the very far end of the arena, that's gonna be the quiet time for you to practice stuff on your own, for you to be doing it more independently. And then here on these long rails, this is where I will check in with you, we'll chat, we'll get feedback, okay? So pay attention to your position in the arena and where, and, and your, the impact it has on your students. So we talked about the impact it has on our horses, now impact on our students of that head turn and their shift in their body language. Um, turning that head in and looking towards the instructor, I always joke that instructors or even certain horse leaders or sidewalkers, they're kind of like magnets to our riders as well. So if our rider is riding around the arena like this and they have a horse leader on this side and the instructors in the middle, well, everything socially and nonverbal is kind of drawing that student this way. They're looking at their horse leader. They're talking with their horse leader maybe. They're looking at their instructor. They're talking with the instructor. They're being drawn in to that conversation and so their body's probably going to shift that way pay attention to that as you guys have horse leaders and sidewalkers especially if you have like a full team here where you have your horse your horse's ears and their body and then you have a horse leader and a sidewalker and a sidewalker pay attention to whatever sidewalker that rider likes more interacts with more you're probably going to notice their body shifting over towards that person um totally different topic but just a little little uh, side trail there that applies because we need to be aware of us as instructors as our conversation and our engagement of that rider not only mentally draws them in and keeps them engaged but it can physically literally draw them in towards us and that can have an impact on their position and their alignment long term okay um, we can teach our rider about that and being aware of it but it's something that we just need to be be aware of there as we're teaching. All right, um, for those of you joining in live, now would be the time if you guys have any questions or comments. Um, this would be the time that you can drop them in the comments, ask any questions. If you have any tips yourself of what you've noticed as far as where to stand, that would be great. I'm gonna search through the comments really quick. I saw a few come in. Uh, let's see, someone said, I was staying in the middle especially with multiple riders. 
Uh, I'm a center sander, but pace up and down the center line quite a bit. So, oh, stamina. I'm actually glad. Um, thank you for saying that center line, but you go up and down the middle. For those of you that teach a lot back to back lessons, I don't know about you, but you know, even though I've been doing it year after year, and especially as it gets hotter, um, I get tired. <laughs> so as instructors, yes, we should have energy every single lesson. We should be giving it our all, but also don't be afraid to take advantage of positions that might save your energy. Okay. It's just a fact that you are going to have limited energy in your day. Okay. You only have a certain amount. So class one, the level of energy you have is probably going to be higher class one than you do class eight because you're tired or class even three in a row. So by going up and down that center line a lot, that's a lot of energy. Um, that you are putting into moving, which is awesome. But if you notice that after you know, your second class, your third class, whatever it is that you're just feeling really fatigued and you are just exhausted at the end of the day when you go, when you go home, try picking a position that might limit your movement a little bit more, okay? And I'm not saying that we shouldn't move around with our students and go hands-on with them, not at all. But remember, your students are there for half an hour. They're there, maybe an hour, you know, grooming, tacking, getting the horse ready. As an instructor, we're there for several hours usually, right? So we have a longer amount of time to spread our energy out over. So here, if I'm in a corner, I notice that I get way less fatigued if I'm here and I can still engage my rider throughout the, the entire arena because, again, my field of vision's on them, but I'm finding myself less um, less likely to do that drift up and down the center line. Cause I do the same thing. If I'm in the center line, I find myself kind of doing like this in inner spiral kind of shifting with that class. And that's a lot of steps. And those of you that wear like the little step counter watches things, you know, your watch tells you not the moving is a bad thing. Um, but at the end of the day, it can be really tiring, right? So sometimes these positions too can help you with stamina, especially if you're coming back from you know, being out sick for a while, or maybe you had a surgery, or um, you just have some health stuff going on and your energy level is not as high as it is. Try standing in different positions to see if you can minimize some of that, um, I don't wanna say needless foot traffic, but maybe unnecessary, habitual, habitual foot movement that we might have uh, out in the arena. And that long-term can help you as an, as an instructor, not get burnt out as much and physically, uh, not wear out as fast. So good comment there. Um, make sure you guys keep adding comments here. I'm still going through. Uh, let's see. Someone said I'm a fan of the center, but I have taught myself to become flexible with teaching positions over the year. And it depends on the lesson and the rider needs. Yes, absolutely. So these positions, um, some positions work really well with certain groups, some with certain students, um, certain horses, you know, certain combinations of students and horses. So play around with that position um, in your different lessons and see which one works well for what is in front of you. Again, we want to teach to what we see. We want to teach and adapt ourselves to the situation in front of us. And one of the pieces we can adapt out in the arena to meet the needs of our students and our horses is our teaching position as the instructor. And sometimes that's overlooked. Um, and agree, interesting tips on where to stand to observe riders, yeah. So for those of you that are going through instructor training, um, or for those of you that are 
instructors that train other instructors and you, you're kind of a seasoned person, rider position and giving enough postural feedback is usually a, something that people struggle with, right? So whether you're an instructor in training and you keep getting told, well, you need to give more position corrections um, or you're a mentor and you keep telling that to the person that you're mentoring, the instructor position can really help set that person up for success with their uh, being able to see more because you're not just in the middle seeing the side of your student and then also having to think about oh well if i check position then they have to come down the center line or they have to go across the diagonal if we're here at the end then we kind of have some built-in natural ways of checking position and again we should be changing direction a lot i am i'm a fan of it's maybe two laps in a row, we'll go in a big circle before we change direction. I, I am a huge, huge change direction person. Um, so that is something that habitually is not difficult for me, but as in, newer instructors get started where you have larger groups, um, sometimes you have to go a few laps one direction before you can change directions. And so if you're going several laps one direction, before you can come up the center line and change direction or come up the center line and go the other way, you know, for spacing reasons, um, you might be limited on when and how you can check the centeredness from the front and the back of our students, which everybody, everybody, I don't care how experienced you are, how new you are, everybody could likely be doing that more. One, that helps keep the safety of our student higher because we are more aware of the position and we are hopefully preventing any major um, off-centeredness from happening, happening. Uh, that is also very important to our horses because when our students are off balance, that can cause them to get uncomfortable in their backs and their legs. It can cause them to drift to the center. So then we're fixing the drifting by telling our students to pull on the reins when really the root cause is the position. Or maybe the rider is so off to one side that they're accidentally gripping with a leg that you're not seeing and then the horse is going too fast. And then we're trying to solve that problem, but again, the root cause is maybe the position of our students. So, teaching position, getting off on a bunny rabbit trail again of, of rider position and, and all that. Um, teaching position in the arena can really, really set you up for success of being able to um, keep everybody in your field of vision, minimize your fatigue. It can help you catch position um, position corrections a lot faster or give praises to your students a lot faster. It can help you if you talk all the time to have built-in quiet sides of your arena, especially if you stand in the corner or maybe down here on this end, same thing, this far end, I may not talk to them. Um, so yeah, just take a look at your position. Um, it's gonna take a little while to get used to teaching in a different area of the arena but play around with it and try different things. And if something is not working, then change it again. Maybe standing in the corner is not good for that horse and that rider. So go stand on the center line or stand maybe instead of in the center center, maybe we stand down here instead. So we're kind of in on the center line, but we're more like here, okay? So try shifting yourself. See if there's a different position. Try it um, with your instructors in training. If they're having difficulty staying in different places or maybe even getting riders behind their back, um, try having them stand in the corner. 
might be difficult to get them to project, um, but that could be something that you work on. So think of this outside the box too for those of you that are training a newer instructors of of, of teaching them different positions in the arena and the cause and the effect and how that might impact them and how those different positions might work in different situations. Definitely not a one size fits all, but um, you do not have to stand in the center of the arena. You absolutely do not have to. Um, whatever your instructor position is, we're just trying to minimize the time that riders go behind our back and are out of our sight because again, buck starts, buck stops with the instructor. So we are in charge of everything that happens in the arena. If our back is turned when something happens, that falls on us. Okay. All right. Uh, let's see. So someone commented and said, definitely during the central, central Texas heat, finding a good spot with a breeze helps me see for the position checks here why I need to and help the horse, but I also empower my volunteers to work with their rider. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Um, and sometimes if we're stuck in that corner and you are a, an instructor who, instead of verbalizing your needs of what you need the volunteer to do with your student, um, you know, going hands on and being your hands and your feet for you out there with that student. If you're in the center and you're a drifter and you go around the arena with them, sometimes you go hands on with a student when really you could be asking your volunteer to do it. But if you're down in the corner, here if you're down here in the corner and say you have your volunteer team over here well your choices are either a you can give good instructions to your volunteer team of how they can work with and support their rider down here or you have to march yourself on down there fix the problem or wait until they come all the way around to you so your position in the arena can also kind of force you to be better at volunteer management and utilization as well. Um, a tip that I often give instructors in training is to think of, okay, if you are about to go walk over and do something, if you have to move your feet from the arena and go hands-on with a student before you move, is it something that you can either physically show first or two, is it something that you can have your volunteers do for you acting as your hands and your feet, okay? Um, so again, kind of volunteer management tip there, but uh, that ties into instructor positions. Sometimes we can trick our brain into not moving so much and drifting over and suctioning onto a team um, if our position in the arena makes us utilize those volunteers. Yeah, absolutely. All right, any final questions or comments? Feel free to drop them in there. Thank you, thank you guys for uh, jumping on live. For those of you who did jump on live and were waiting for me to start on time, I do apologize, I was a few minutes late. Um, I had a horse situation come up in the barn that I unfortunately did not anticipate and I could not scooch out from immediately. So that's why I was about 15 minutes late. So I am very thankful to you guys who jumped on live um, and waited around for me. So I do apologize on the tardiness. Uh, I try not to even on these free live streams. If you want to learn more about instruction tips and techniques and disabilities as they relate to adaptive or therapeutic riding and groundwork, make sure you check out the Intuitive Instructor Club. There are over 60 hours of videos now from not just me, so if you're tired of listening to me talk, um, not just me, but multiple other equine professionals that have been in our industry. We tallied it up. Um, it's over a hundred years together of experience that we have. Yes, it does make us feel old and I'm the youngest one out of the group. Um, and so if you want to learn from these wonderful, wonderful instructors, make sure you check out 
the Intuitive Instructor Club, everything is formatted to meet continuing education needs for those of you that are certified through multiple certifying organizations. Um, if you have a question about it, please let me know. But again, it's not just about getting those continuing education hours, it's about growing as an instructor and continuing your education because I don't know about you guys, but the one thing I have found out is that the more I learn, the more I figure out that there is so much more I don't know and I will never learn. Um, there was a question, is it free to join the Intuitive Instructor Club? No, um, so the Intuitive Instructor Club is a membership you can buy quarterly, so every three months, six months, or a year. Um, if you break it down though, and you get like the yearly membership, it's less than $10 a month, and you get complete access to all the libraries. We don't have like different tiers of membership, so when you're a member, you get all, all of that stuff. Uh, members also get discounts off of any individualized coaching I do, any video reviews for certification, anything like that. Um, the free content is like what I do with the live streaming, where it takes less time in editing because we, in the Intuitive Instructor Club, we do um, PowerPoint formal presentations, we're compiling data. Um, it's a lot of work that goes into these videos. So that's why there is a cost is because um, I actually pay the other professional instructors to give their education and knowledge to you guys um, because I believe they're, they're worth it and they are worth it. So that's uh, my way of, of getting the education out to everybody in an affordable kind of you know, group share way. Um, if you're looking for only free content, um, which I understand sometimes budget-wise, that's that's what we need to do, check out hooffallsandfootfalls.com. I do have a YouTube channel, which is where I usually kind of store all of these free instructor chats. Um, I have tons of different topics. I have like shorter ones that are like uh, ask an instructor. You can also email me questions if you want that question to be featured on an ask an, ask an instructor episode. Uh, I have a podcast channel as well that's free, so any, any podcasts, platform you listen to, um, check out Hooffalls and Footfalls, search that. My website also has some written blogs. I will tell you that I'm very bad at putting things into writing efficiently and it takes me a lot of time. So for the time that I could do, you know, three of these live videos, it would take me time to write one blog. So that's why I tend to do more videos. Um, I need to get my tushing gear and do more written stuff. But anyways, uh, let me know if you guys have any questions. Feel free to reach out, messenger, email, saber.p at hooffallsandfootfalls.com. If you have any questions about instructor development and training, if you want to get one-on-one -on -one coaching to take your instruction, instruction to the next level, if you have questions about certification, um, I mostly deal in the realm of PATH International certification. I am familiar with CHA, um, equine management, uh, rider progression, all of that. Um, instructor education is my, my passion and what I do through Hooffalls and Footfalls. So, Thank you guys so much, and I will see you on the next one, and it is summertime, so I will be doing live chats at least once a week since it's 115 degrees outside and all my lessons are canceled. I get to spend more time with you guys now as the weather's hotter. So thank you guys for joining in, and I hope to see you guys on the next live instructor chat. Have a great rest of your day.